What the fuck is up, everybody? It has been a long time since our last episode, but COVID has the boys in quarantine, so we have decided to bring it back. It is me, Ninja Bands, with my COVID-fallen brother, Three Cone. Connor, how are you feeling today? Uh, not great, but I'm doing better. Uh, yeah, COVID's got me pretty good right now, so just chilling. Yeah, unfortunately for him, his immune system did not cooperate, and I'm sitting here currently asymptomatic, just having my mom bring me food and water and not being able to do much. So let's talk basketball. So uh, Connor and I were kind of inspired for, to do this episode from uh, Through the Wire, which he actually got a shout-out from, which is pretty cool, don't you think, Connor? Yeah, well, that's cool, man. I didn't expect it. Uh, me and Pierre, shout-out P, were talking on Twitter. He was just basically talking about uh, Jeremy Grant being an all-star lock for him, and I was like, I don't know about lock, but I could see him making it. And he was just talking about that because they were doing – what we're going to be doing today, going over our All-Stars for this season so far. And yeah, so it's pretty cool to hear them shout me out on there. Shout out to them. One of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get right into our um, All-Star starters. So Connor, you want to start in the East or the West? Uh, we can go East first. We can go East and West. All right, so basically what we'll do is we'll talk about our starters, and then we'll like talk about it, and then we'll talk about our bench, which is our, first, our next five in, and then we have a last two in. So those are essentially like the 11th and 12th man on the team. So, all right. Um, I guess I'll start with my East starters. Um, I think mm-hmm. these will be pretty similar, I think. We might even have the same one. So I have at guard, we have Bradley Beal, James Harden. At forward, we have Kevin Durant and Giannis. I'm not saying his last name. And <laughs> at center, we have Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, I have the exact same group. Uh, for those of you that don't know, real quick, the format is, it's like a normal starting lineup. You have two guards, two forwards, two and a center. And then for the bench, you have two guards and three front court members. And then the last two can be whatever position. So just to give you all that heads up, that's why we have it like an NBA lineup in the starters. Uh, I don't really see any other way you could really go with this. I guess the only other way you could go is if you don't give it to Harden yet, because he did have a rough few games uh, right before he left Houston but he's still averaging incredible numbers. They're only going to keep going up. And since he's gotten to the East, he's looked like the second, third best player in the East since being there. Um, I don't think you go anywhere else with him. Also, Beal deserves it too. I don't, um, Beal was left off the All-Star team last season. I don't see them making that mistake again, especially with Beal leading the NBA in scoring right now. Yeah, I think this reminds me a lot of like Trey Young last year. Like The Hawks were fucking garbage, but like... They mm-hmm. still let Trey Young. Trey Young started last year, correct? Yeah, he was the starter with Kemba last year. Oh, isn't that crazy to think we had last year the starters for Trey Young and Kemba, and now there's a chance that neither of them are even like in the picture. That's kind of crazy to me, just because we know yeah. Kemba's had the injury and Trey Young's had a horrific shooting start to the season. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think you can really argue against Beal and Harden. I mean, there are some other guards that we'll get to, but I don't think any of them have been as dynamic on the offensive side as Beal and Harden. And I just mm. think they're the best two picks I think you can make. Yeah. Um, and I think the same way for the forwards, too, with Durant and Giannis. Like, there's a bunch of other wings we have here. But just Durant and Giannis, I'd argue, are probably, like, t- both top five MVP candidates right now. So I don't think you can do any other things except yeah. put them in there. Yeah, I don't see any argument against either of them, which is great to see that Durant is already back in that spot. Um, I would not be surprised if Durant's the captain of this team. Since they do like the captains thing now, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Durant or Giannis. I think it's going to be one of those two because it comes down to fan voting, and Giannis has the 
um, overseas appeal, while Durant is more of a household name. So it's going to be interesting to see which one of them's captain. But I think that they're both very, very deserving. I couldn't see anyone else going at these starting forward spots. And then your guy, obviously, Joel Embiid. Uh, there is no center in the NBA, or at least in the Eastern Conference, I mean, that's close to him right now for that all-star starter spot. Yeah, I agree. I think um, we'll talk about a couple other big men we have in our roster, but I think there's a pretty big drop-off from Embiid and then the next two or three guys. Yeah. I think there's a pretty big drop-off. So uh, yeah. let's go ahead and get to something that's a little bit more, I think will be a little bit more controversial. So um, I know we're differing in a couple here because we both had a little bit of different criteria, but I'll start with my, my, my bench. I have um, Kyrie, Malcolm Brogdon, Jason Tatum. I have DeMontis Sabonis as a forward. And then I have Nikola Vucevic as my center. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, that's pretty good. Mine is Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown as my two guards. And then my three front court members, I have Jason Tatum, DeMontis Sabonis, and uh, Chris Middleton. So um, those are my guys. Uh I'll go through mine first real quick. Brogdon honestly has a case for starter. If you don't, if you like look at Harden's bad few games, Brogdon's been amazing so far this season. Is he he shooting 50% from three? He's shooting, he's shooting almost like, like 50, 40. I think he's shooting like 97 from the line too. Like he's been, it's been unbelievable for Brogdon so far. He's averaging career highs in assists, steals, points. Like everything's just in a, a career high for him. Someone made a good kind of comparison. Someone said they could see Malcolm Brogdon being like this generation's Mike Conley in a way. Except I think it's better. I think, it's better. I, I think, yeah, I think this iteration is definitely better than Mike Conley's we've seen because Mike Conley never made that all-star appearance that I think Brogdon's going to make this season. Um, I don't know. I just kind of like the comparison of like a gritty point guard who not a lot of people are going to talk about, but is going to get shit done. Um, Jalen Brown has been great this season. I predicted before this season he would make that all-star jump, and he definitely has. Um, Jason Tatum has played great. Demonte Sabonis has been phenomenal alongside Brogdon, making the Pacers look like a legitimate um, threat to push some teams around in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if they're a conference finals threat, but I think they're definitely a threat to knock some team off earlier than they thought. And then Chris Middleton, he's, I think he's going to hit that 50-40-90 mark that he just barely missed last season, this season, because he's shooting high efficiency. He's averaging like 22, five and five or like six and six or something like that. He's been really, really good. And uh, for me, I didn't have Kyrie in this section because Kyrie has only played like five or six games. So he's in my played opinion, seven. Okay. He's played seven games <laughs> and the Nets have played like 16. So um, I just don't think he's played enough games to be in consideration yet. Uh, if you play less than half of your team's games, I believe it's less than half. How many games have the Nets played so far this season? I think um, it's I'll, pretty I'll sure. Okay. They played 15, so he's played yeah. one less than half. Yeah, so he's played less than half of their games. But then if tonight, tonight half, he'll play half the games tonight when they play in Cleveland. That's fair. Yeah, and like I said, this isn't predictions for the whole, like this isn't what we think the All-Star team will be. This is like if we had to make an All-Star team now, Based off performances so far this season, this would be. And Kyrie just hasn't played enough games for me to put him on the all-star team. So that's why he's missing from my list. So one of the reasons why I picked Kyrie is just because, like you said, I agree he has played pretty close to, if not, not enough games. But I was just looking at his stat line, and it's just stupid how well he was playing before his little uh, personal leave of absence. 27 a game, shooting 1,000% from the or 100% from the line. He hasn't missed. And he's shooting 43% from three. So, I mean, I don't know. I just I couldn't justify leaving him off. 
Like I mm-hmm. do think he'll he will make it because I think his he's played he played just as well last season before he had the uh, shoulder impingement injury, but mm-hmm. um, I I don't know I just think Kyrie is worth it just of how he's played this year and I don't think there's like another guard like the only other guard I guess you could really maybe make a case for I guess like you said I have I might have Brown later on and hint but um Middleton has been really good but I just think when Kyrie's shooting above forty percent from three twenty seven a game hasn't missed from the line. I mean, it's just really hard for me to leave him off, even if mm-hmm. he, ha- he hasn't played I mean, That's games. fair. Like I said, I think Kyrie will be an all-star, assuming he does play enough games. If Kyrie comes back and plays in their games, I don't think there's a chance in hell that he doesn't make this team. It's just that at this point, he didn't play enough for me. So who, So we'll go over our next two picks. But, like, who are you leaving off if Kyrie, if you had if, Kyrie on your roster? Who are you taking off? If Kyrie is on my roster, um... I probably I guess probably either Brogdon or Jalen Brown would probably move down to like the last two, um, move one of those guards down, and then uh, one of my next two guys would probably fall off. So um, go ahead and tell tell me who your next two guys are, and you can then finish okay. answering. So my last two guys are Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. Um, I think probably Levine. Uh, I mean, it's nah, a there's no way, man. He's averaging what 27 a game. <laughs> he is averaging 20. He is averaging 27 a game. I'm not. That might fall down a little bit. Probably Vucevic, I guess. That does leave them with a lot of guards and not many bigs. But Sabonis can play center if they need to. Um, and the All Star game isn't like even happening this season, so it doesn't matter how many uh, positions yeah. they really have. Yeah. So, so yeah. they won't even have a captain then if they're not having a game, don't you think? Because I know we were just talking about that earlier. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. I hope they do like the usual captains thing and draft the teams just cause, and then maybe at some point we could get like a scrimmage out of it somehow. Maybe they'll, sim, maybe they'll sim the game, you know, they'll do one of those like virtual Sims. Like, Oh, here's how the all-star game would have went. Yeah. I'm so disappointed because the all-star game was phenomenal last season. It was like one of the best ones we've ever had. And then COVID hit and now we can't get it this season. So I'm disappointed. I hope it comes back next season, but yeah, I would say Vucevic probably falls off, but like Ryan said, Levine's having 27 a game. He's been amazing, um, incredible for that Bulls team. He's out, and he's also averaging like six rebounds and like six or like five assists too. So he's playmaking, he's rebounding, he's scoring really efficiently, and he's scoring a lot. Uh, so I couldn't leave him off this list. And then Vucevic has been like the one thing keeping that Magic team from falling he's, into the. He, no one's talking about how well he's playing. He's do you know how he's shooting from three? He's shooting 43% from three. Yeah. Like, what? When they played That's like how many Towns levels from three. When they played against the Nets the other day, he was, like, they could not stop him. DeAndre Jordan, who does get torched by pretty much everyone at this point in his career, just, oh, my God, he looked so outmatched by Vucevic. Vucevic was, like, stopping and popping from the three-point line, hitting with post moves. Like, Vucevic does everything on the offensive end. And for a team in the Magic who... Before the season, lost Jonathan Isaac to injury during the bubble for the, for this whole season. Markel Fultz is out for the whole season. Evan Fournier's been out. This team has very little to like play off of right now, and they Vucevic has just been keeping them afloat. You know, he it's has like him, him and Aaron him and Aaron, him and Aaron Gordon, and then whoever mm. else is on the roster. You know, like even if they don't win games, they're he's keeping them competitive. Like they were competitive with the Nets with Harden. Um, so and Harden and Bruce Grant played amazing too. Like it wasn't even like they had bad games and like the Magic were just they're like playing down to the Magic. So like Durant had like forty and Harden had a thirty point triple double. Like oh, yeah, it no, wasn't they're... like it wasn't like the Nets were playing down to their level. They just like you said they have Aaron Gordon and Vucevic who are two pretty good bigs and mm-hmm. the Nets just don't really have that interior defense. 
or if they can't yeah. even like like Jordan can't even is not even athletic enough to guard. I hate saying that NBA players not athletic, but you know what I mean. But to keep up yeah. with Vucevic on the perimeter, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, yep. So those are my picks. Um, who are your last two? So my last two were Jalen Brown and Zach Levine, which has Chris Middleton left off my list, which I think is really really tough. But I think if I didn't have Kyrie on my mm-hmm. list, it definitely would have been Middleton. Like 100%. Mm-hmm. I do agree his shooting splits have been amazing. It was just really hard to justify. Because I was tr- I had, I was basically between him, Levine, and Brown for my last three spots, or last two spots. Mm-hmm. And I know the splits of Middleton are good, but I just, I took the D. De- I know Jalen Brown's a really good defender. I know Chris Middleton's not terrible on defense, but I picked Brown because I know he's a really good two way player. And mm-hmm. with, without Tatum right now, he's been keeping them afloat for the last couple games. Other than yeah. the next game, which was really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty bad but um and then zach levine's just like putting up like numbers that the bulls haven't seen since michael jordan so that's i guess i kind of took that narrative you know what i mean like chris Middleton, sure like he's putting up close he's putting up 50 40 90 and like 22 points a game like that's amazing and he probably will end up making the all-star team as one of these guys falls off but it was just really hard when i'm seeing like this is the best scoring output from any bowl since Michael Jordan. This is the best uh-huh. run of games since Michael. Like, you know what I mean? When you're, when you're constantly in the same conversation as Michael Jordan, it's just really hard. Because I think narrative does play kind of a role into it. I know stats and the eye game are, like, the two biggest things. But I don't know. That was kind of the reason why I put them on there. I mean, I'm just like a, I could just be a Milton hater. Like, I'm not, like, ignoring, like, how good he's been. And I'm not, like, ignorant to, like, how well he's playing. And, like, historically, like, speaking how his numbers fit and how amazing they are. But it's just... I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because Chris Middleton's not the sexiest player. Like he's not really flashy, and he's not gonna like you aren't gonna pull up a game and be like, oh, I can't wait to watch Chris Middleton tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I'd argue people do that with the Bulls. Like they want to see Zach Levine drop forty. But I don't know. I I think I might be dumb for that pick, but I just want to be different. And I think I think Middleton will probably end up making it. I think um, one of these forwards I have will fall off, but. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think the it's East tough. is very tough. The addition of Harden definitely makes the East way tougher because um, it takes another spot away that was already in very short supply. So yeah, and it, and I, I mean did, we also. What well, go ahead? I said I also didn't want to make my second center be Sabonis because he literally plays with. It's not like it's not like he plays next to like a stretch five or anything. Or I mean, and, all right, let me take that back. Miles Turner is a stretch five, but he's not playing with someone like. For example, how Anthony Davis played with, like, JaVale and Dwight Howard last year, and you could easily slide Anthony Davis to the five a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like Sabonis and Turner, like, Sabonis is a four on that team. Like, he does not play – I mean, he'll play some backup five minutes, but, you know, Miles Turner is pretty cemented in there as their center, so I wasn't going to put him as a center. That mm-hmm. would be like – I don't know. I feel like that would be like putting Jason Tatum in the center spot when he's obviously not a center. Like, I know Sabonis has got the rebounding, and he could probably be a center for a really good team, but – Mm-hmm. just doesn't play it so that's why that's why like i think i would have middleton in over vucevic if i didn't want to have my second center be a legitimate center if that makes sense yeah i get what you're saying i think that makes so sense that's, so that's why i haven't beaten vucevic and then i have sabonis and taylor's my forwards mm-hmm. so. um and i mean while we're on the topic um i know we both did a few snubs too uh other guys who are going to make it tough my snubs were julius randall he's having a great season it sucks. I really wanted to get him on here because I think he deserves that recognition, but he's just not better than any of these guys I listed at this point. Yeah, yeah see, that's the thing I think people need to realize is, like, if you're not making the All-Star game right now, that doesn't mean you're bad. It just means other people are better because, like, mm-hmm. Julius Randle is having a amazing year. Like, 
I'd argue he's probably top 15 player in the East right now, like maybe mm-hmm. even higher. But the issue is that you have Sabonis and Tatum and Durant and Giannis and Levine and Brown who are all playing better than him. Like that does that's no knock on Randall. He's playing awesome, but he's just not as yeah. good as those guys. Yeah, there's limited spots when you have um, you only have five spots or six spots, I guess, dedicated to purely front court. Or no, no five because you have a center on the first team. So you have two front court spots on the starters. You have three on the bench, and then you have those two wild card spots and. It's just there's limited space. So even if he is playing like a top 12 player in the East, like he might be, there's just not enough space all the time. So it's not a knock if your player doesn't make it. Um, another guy is you can talk about Jeremy Grant. Um, I think the record. I, I, I think the record is what's going to hold him back because they're last. Or pretty close to last in the East. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're last, right? They are last. Yeah. So okay. They've been so, really bad. Because I think his stats are slightly better than a couple of these guys. Like he's like playing phenomenal, but um, I just think the fact that they're last in the East and he's his volume is like insane. Like I know he's playing well, yeah. but his volume is also pretty nuts. Uh huh. Like let's see, he's shooting, like he's shooting pretty much the same from three he shot last year, shooting a little bit worse from two. Uh, his rebounding is a little bit better, but not as, it's pretty basically what it was in OKC. But the crazy thing is he's averaging twenty five a game, and that's mm-hmm. probably because he's shooting twelve threes a game when. His career high before that was when he was part of the process Sixers and he was shooting seven a game. And we know how many shooters there were on that team. So yeah, I, I think volume is another one reason why he's playing so well. But like there's no like you can't say he's not having a great year. And he, like you mm-hmm. said, he's probably one of those first five off of the All-Star team. Yeah, he's definitely up there. We throw in um, Gordon Hayward, another player having a great season. To me, he's kind of been like Middleton light. Like he's been yeah, middle exactly. to level, but just a little like bit worse. Slightly, like shooting slightly less worse. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he's looked like the player that Boston was hoping to get when they signed him before the injury. So it's cool to see that Hayward's coming back from that a little bit. I also had Irving in that snub section. Um, obviously, just hasn't played enough games. He'll be on there eventually. Um, Andre Drummond has, has, weirdly enough, played like an all-star so far this season. Averaging just, just under 20 a game. Well, see, here's um, the thing. It's like we said, I think the three best big men in the East right now are Embiid, Sabonis, and Vucevic. Whether you're not, you have Sabonis at that four or five spot, he's still a big man regardless. So I think, but the thing is, like, people are arguing with me on the timeline about Bam. Because if you look at Bam's, I don't know if you've looked at Bam's stats, but his stats are insane. Like, they're better than last year's, like, much better than last year's. But the mm-hmm. issue is, the Heat stink right now, which I think is partly due to the fact they've been missing a couple players due to COVID. And I get that as a Sixers yeah, fan. We played. But a lot of teams in the East have been missing players. So like even when they had their full team, they were still playing like at about 500. It's not like they were like 10 and four, and then they've missed their players and you know dropped a couple games. You know what I mean? Like they were like mm-hmm. kind of average as it was, and then they were missing their good players, and then they just you know couldn't come back from that. Yeah. So I think that. So like I know Connor and I both neither of us have any Raptors or Heat on our team, which is pretty crazy yeah. considering I'm pretty sure there were what four from both those teams last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Bam, Bam, wow. Jimmy. Lowry and Siakam. I believe I yeah, I'm pretty Lowry did make it right, I'm pretty sure. Yes, Lowry was not okay. people were Just people sure. were people were complaining that Lowry made it over someone else. I don't remember who it was. It was another oh. guard. I don't remember who it was, but Oh, it was over Levine. I think people were saying Levine should have made it over Lowry. And same with Jalen Brown. Oh yeah. Or Beal, Beal. Beal was Beal, the one. Beal. Beal, yeah. But all those guys. People were saying they should have made it over Kyle Lowry, but mm-hmm. and Lowry's actually having a pretty good year too. I was looking at stats, and even though Siakam gets a lot of like 
jokes and slander on the timeline. Like his he's he's kind of picked it up, but he's just like not as yeah. good as the other guys. That's the thing. Like the combination of their team's record is not great, which is probably due to the fact that their stats aren't as good as some of these other guys' stats. And mm-hmm. because like I said, they're just not playing as good as everybody else. Like they're not bad. Like Siakam has been pretty good this year outside of his first couple games and a couple like spotlighted shots where he missed like you know what i mean like people like post these uh-huh. highlights people do this with ben simmons too like simmons has been playing pretty poorly but what they'll do is and i'm guilty of this is they'll put like individual highlights like, like i posted today that the sixers are missing or they were missing an all-star last time the celtics played and now the celtics are missing an all-star like how the tables have turned and people were like ben simmons is an all-star and they posted the video of him like airballing the three against memphis i'm like first of all that's from this year second of all that missing three does not have anything to do with him being third team all nba last year like these people are fucking stupid mm, but people yeah people just use random narratives to or random things to fit narratives it's dumb but yeah, like Ryan's saying, if you're even if you're not an All Star, you have to remember an All Star is like a top twelve player in the conference. And we're gonna get to the West team um, in a second, but uh, that's a the West also has a lot of talent, and there are some guys that really I would love to make All Stars that aren't All Stars. They just don't have the numbers for it. Um, honestly, we can get to that now. Do you have any other like? Yeah. So read me your five snubs again. Read me your. You said you have Ky- um, Kyrie, Randall, Grant. Who are your other two? Um, I, I also, I just listed Grant as a sixth one, honestly. It was Randall, Young, Hayward, Irving, Drummond, and then Jeremy Grant as well. Yes, yeah, so um, why don't you, uh, let's, let's talk about two point guards, because I have another point guard, so we can talk about both these guys, because both of them are all-stars last year, and now uh, neither one of us have them making the team. So you have Trey Young, but, yeah. uh, I'm gonna talk about Russell Westbrook first, because mm-hmm. I think, like, people, like, are flaming him, but he's averaging 19, 11, and 10. I mean, he's averaging, he's like point, all right, I take that back, 19, 11.3, and 9.7. So he's almost averaging triple-double. Yeah, so yeah. I think the fact that the Wizards are garbage means that you can't have two all-stars on that team, and Beal has been better than Westbrook this year. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm looking at it, Westbrook is shooting better from, th- better from three. Granted, he's been shooting like shit from three for like his whole career since 2016 in OKC when he shot 34%. But, I still don't know how that season happened. <laughs> he, that's the last time he shot above 29% from three. But he's shooting 31% right now, so, you know, that's a little bit better, I guess. But his his, uh, his field goal percentage is not great. His EFG percentage is not great. His free throw percentage is not great. So I think a lot of it could be volume and him picking up maybe empty stats. But, I mean, 19-point triple-double, essentially, on an East team, I just had to acknowledge it. Yeah, and Russ is my favorite player of all time. I just I couldn't even put him on the I didn't even put him on the snubs part at this point just because he's like Kyrie, he hasn't played very many games. He's only played in seven games, and given the Wizards haven't played a lot of games, that's mainly why I also did not include Russ. <laughs> yeah, I'll because, say the Wizards have only played eleven games. So that's actually... Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't even gotten a chance to play many games because they're so deal like they're dealing with COVID. I mean, so Connor, I found out the Wizards had COVID before anyone in the NBA did. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't know why the NBA didn't look into that, but yeah, Russell Westbrook definitely deserves a shout out. Um, for Trey Young, you can look at his numbers, you can talk about those numbers all you want, but his play does not reflect those numbers. He's played very, very poorly up to this point, um, especially recently. Like his season started good, and then he's really fallen off, especially in terms of what Trey was averaging last season. Like if you look at last season, he was averaged a, like. 30 points and like 9.3 assists which is nuts this season he's already dropped to 22.9 and nine assists um his efficiency is way down he's shooting 27 percent from three 
Um, he's shooting 38.6% from the field. It's just not pretty. And when you have a team that's not performing super well, I just can't justify giving Trey Young a spot currently over those other guys like Zach Levine, who his team is playing like comparatively to the Hawks, but with just much better numbers. Well, that, and it's like the eye test too. Like the Bulls are, they've been in super competitive games. Like I know they ended up choking to you guys, but they had a re- two really good games against the LA teams. They had a really good game the other night against Dallas. So, I mean, they're playing pretty good basketball. And the, the, the thing is, it's like Trey Young last year was a starter on an East all-star team, even though his team was garbage because his numbers were like blowing like the charts. Like they're so good. That's the reason why I think we have Bradley Beals because Bradley Beals leading the NBA in scoring. Like you cannot have the NBA's leading score not on the All Star team, even though those teams stinks. But when yeah. Trey Young's like like you said, shooting his his points are almost back down to his rookie year numbers, which is kind of crazy to think about. But um, mm-hmm. I I don't know what it is, but I'm looking at his like stats right now. The one that jumps off the page to me is he's averaging less threes per game than he did his rookie year. Like not makes, I mean attempts. So I don't know if there's like a confidence issue and he's just starting to shoot less, or maybe like. Now the Hawks have more options. Like he's not just like shot chucking anymore. Like Man, I don't know Trey's what that, you know what I mean. Taking those Trey takes those deep ass threes for no reason. Like Trey Young the other night, he had a chance to tie the game and he pulled up from three, like f- like four steps behind the arc. Like he could have easily run up to the arc at least to shoot that three, and he pulled it from so deep for no reason. He's he's just not giving himself the best shot opportunities. He's... And I know this is I know this is off topic, but Shea took a couple of those shots last night too. I was I was watching the game because there were only two games on last yeah. night. Of course, and Shea did that like two or three times. There was like eight seconds left in the shot clock, and he shot from like the logo. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he doesn't normally take the he doesn't normally take those shots. I'm pretty sure he's he was just like uh, I feel like Mark Dagnall might have told him like, yo, our offense is just not doing anything. Go out there if you get a little bit of space, pop that three. I mean, he was close. He almost hit him. Which no, I was they, they weren't like terrible shots, but like yeah, I was just like not, like I was that. just not expecting it. Mm, he's not like a long distance three point shooter a lot of the time because um, he's got kind of a stranger release, so he usually doesn't pull up from that deep. But I mean, hey, if he if he if he can get close, go ahead and shoot some of them. But he, I'm just glad he doesn't shoot him like Trey Young does because Trey makes it unbelievably difficult for no reason on himself. Um, I, I think Trey's going to be fine. He might not turn around in time for the All-Star game, but I think he's going to be fine. I think he's just slumping. Yeah, and I think it's like I said, I think a part of the reason is that there's a lot of new pieces in Atlanta because you have guys like Capello, Gallinari. DeAndre Hunter is taking a leap of faith, and now he's playing really well. Uh, obviously, they have a couple guys hurt with like Bogdan. Hasn't, isn't going to play for a pretty long time. But you just have a lot of guys um, to feed, and I just think that's probably hurting Trey Young because I bet you he would have pretty similar point numbers to last year if he was taking the same number of shots, even though his percentages are down. But like when you're shooting poorly and you're shooting less, it's like you know a recipe for worse numbers. So, all right. With that being yeah. said, let's move to the West. So yeah. I think our starters are different here, so this will be fun. So um, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay, um, my starters, I mean, I'm interested to see what you have, because these feel like locks to me. Uh, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Paul George, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. That's my starters. All right, so this may be a little surprise. So I, I was doing some last-minute research. I originally had Christian Wood in my starting five, but then I found another forward whose numbers are pretty similar. Their team's better, so I switched them in. So... Paul George has been playing the 2-3 guard combo at, or 2-3 position combo in the Clippers organization. So I have Paul George as a shooting guard here because I think 
he's better than someone I put on the bench. So I'll just go ahead. So I have Steph at point guard. I have Paul George at the two. I have LeBron at the three. I have Kawhi Leonard at the four, and I have Jokic at the five. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so you move Luka to the bench. So that was after some last-minute looks. So I originally had Christian Wood in there over Kawhi, and then I was looking at Kawhi's stats, and they were arguably, other than, like, rebounding, they were pretty much pretty similar. But I know Kawhi's a much better defender because the Rockets are being abused by big men, and the Clippers have a pretty good team record. But, I mean, Kawhi's, he's shooting a career-best right now, or almost career-best, 44% from three, which is pretty crazy for Kawhi. Uh, 24 a game, 6-6, six and six, and then he's playing, you know, all-NBA defense, so... It was just, like, pretty tough to leave him out. Like, especially, I know his defense and his scoring is a little bit better than Christian Woods. And I know the one person you want me to talk about is Luka and why I didn't have him in there. But it's just because the Mavericks have been pretty shitty this year so far. I know they've been missing some guys, but Luka's shooting has just been, like, I can't I can't justify putting a guy shooting 28% on seven attempts a game. Like, that's just so bad. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's averaging, can... 20, he's averaging 27, which is, like, pretty good, but, like, I would rather have a guy averaging, like, a couple points worse. I know plays better defense and is more efficient. So that's why I ended up... Uh, Paul George is going to be my starting lineup regardless. I just moved him to the two because I ended up between Kawhi and Luka. And just when I came down to it, like, those extra three points a game, a couple more assists weren't going to separate him and Kawhi for me. So I set up a Kawhi in. That's fair. Um, yeah, Steph's a lock. He's played phenomenal. He's carrying the Warriors right now. They're above 500, which is impressive after the way they started. Um, I'm... I'm glad that they've kind of turned that around. Steph's been super fun to watch. Paul George feels like it has to be a lock. He's been an MVP candidate so far. I think he's top five in that conversation. Um, he's, he's been, been arguably, awesome. arguably better than Kawhi Leonard so far this season. I would say he has been better than Kawhi. He has he's, been better. He's leading the league in three-point shooting. Um, he's he's shooting a like a fifty. He's shooting like fifty fifty ninety right now. Uh, he's been <laughs> so so good, which is ridiculous. Um, LeBron has to be in there, and one of the MVP front runners. I'd put him probably top three. Uh, Jokic, obviously, there's no other center that comes remotely close to Jokic in the Western Conference. So, um, for me, Luka, I know he's shooting poorly from three, but um, the fact that he's able to shoot 46% still from the field while shooting that badly from three shows how efficient he's been around the rim and in the mid-range, and he's just super crafty. He's unbelievable to watch and when he's averaging nearly a 30 point triple double averaging just under 10 assists 10 assists and rebounds at 9.9 rebounds 9.3 assists putting up a steal a game and he's only turning the ball over 4.3 times while averaging half more assists than he was last season he's having just under 28.8 points uh that he hit last season but he's been picking up steam a little bit more i just couldn't leave luke out of my starting lineup so yeah, I just think it came down to, I think we both agree Steph should be the starting point guard. It just came down to, I think, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Luka. You put three of them together, and I rank George and Leonard over him. So I think that's what it came to. Because I think uh, Paul George will have that dual position eligibility because he starts at shooting guard. But, you know, it's like Anthony Davis, like he starts at power forward, but they list him as a center, you know. Even though he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not a center and I never will be, you know. But yeah, yeah. I digress. But I'm sure I obviously like Luca's on my team. Like I'd be Luca's one of my favorite players. So like this is like I have to be very unbiased not to put him on there because he's probably a top five favorite player of mine. So I'll go ahead and say my reserves real quick. So at guard I have Luca and Dame. At forward and center, I mean I know I didn't do this with Sabonis in the last one, but there just really isn't like a center. Like the difference is Vucevic has been really good, but like 
who's the second best center in the West? Like Gobert. Like I'm not gonna put Rudy Gobert on my All Star team over like some of these other guys. So I have Luca, Dame, Christian Wood, Brandon Ingram, and Anthony Davis as my next five. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, I have um, I have Lillard on here. Um, CJ McCollum is one of my is my other guard. Then I have Kawhi and Ingram as my forwards, um, and then my last front court member is Anthony Davis. So I uh, two guards Lillard McCollum. McCollum I think at this point should be an All Star. I don't know if he's gonna continue that. I don't know if he's or obviously he's dealing it's with not, that injury he, now, yeah, so he's, he's gonna be out for a while. Weeks. So, so I think he's going to be, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty sad. I, Cause I really thought this was going to be his all-star year too. Me too. So I think he's going to fall off. Um, the guard that I have in the bottom two will probably move up and replace him followed by someone from my snubs list. I wouldn't be surprised if McCall misses the all-star game now, just because with COVID and with this injury now, he's going to miss a lot of time. I don't think he'll be back for a ton of time before the all-star game, unless he makes a quick recovery. When is so the all-star game scheduled this year? I'm not sure when it is, honestly. I take that um, back. There's no All-Star game, but when's the All-Star break? The All-Star break time? I'm not sure when they're doing All-Star teams. I don't even know if they've announced that yet. They probably have. Um, I would say maybe around that mid-season mark that they planned, so probably March, maybe. Yeah, I'm guessing probably right around when they release the second half of the schedule is probably. Yeah, around. I mean, it's normally around the half mark, the half season mark anyways. So, yeah. I mean, they've like they've each team's played around, like, 15-ish games right now, like 15, 16, depending on how many games you've lost due to COVID. So like a fourth of the season is already kind of out of the way. He's probably going to miss the next fourth of the season. So I don't, I don't see him making it. Um, but for right now, I'm going to give him this shout out. He deserves it. He's been incredible, arguably better than Lillard this season so far, which I feel like is kind of a common theme with some of these teams where the second fiddle has been the better player. You see it with um, CJ McCollum and Dame. Yeah, Paul George with Kawhi Leonard. So it's cool to see. Uh, yeah, I said Lillard. Ingram's been really good. I couldn't keep him off of this list. He has earned that spot. Kawhi could have easily been a starter, but I think he just barely misses out. And Anthony Davis, you have to have him on here. So. Yeah, I think Davis is having a down year, so I don't think he deserves to start. But um, definitely should still make the team. He's playing really good defense and still putting up pretty good numbers. So, mm-hmm. And then who are your last two? My last two are Donovan Mitchell and Christian Wood. Um, I, know, I was so, hoping you put Christian. I was like, you say you, people are going to come at you if you have Christian Wood snubbed with how well he's been nah, playing. I, I had, to, had to put Christian Wood on here. He's been incredible. He's kept that Rockets team afloat with the Harden drama, and Boogie's been not good. John Wall has missed some time. He's struggled a little bit. So Christian Wood's fully kept that team afloat up to this point. And he's done a phenomenal job. He looks like the most improved player candidate that he was advertised to be. And it looked like the Rockets kind of got him for a steal with that contract. Um, I know. As for uh, people were Mitchell, flaming. But... Yeah, people were flaming. Um, but as for Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz have been so good. They have to have an all-star on here, in my opinion. And he's been their best player. He's been better than Rudy Gobert up to this point. Um, he's just a really good player. And I think he's earned this spot. So. Yeah, so my last two I have, Donovan Mitchell, same reason, I agree with you. I think the Jazz have been too good this year, even though I troll people on the timeline saying the Jazz are going to stink. But, I mean, I'm not an idiot. I know the Jazz have been really good this year. So, mm-hmm. I have Donovan Mitchell on there. And it's like I said, I think Rudy Gobert's like, he's a pretty good player. But, like, man, he, he throws me off because he wins this, like, all this defensive stuff. And then I watched the Jazz. I watched almost a whole Jazz Nuggets game the other day. And Jokic just, like, abused him. Like, I'm like, this dude's defensive player of the year? Like, he can't guard Jokic. Like, 
I know Jokic is like arguably the best offensive center in the NBA, but like you would think a defensive player of the year could at least like, you know, make a difference. Like, I don't know, man. It was just embarrassing to watch. Like, they put Derek Favors in to guard Jokic. That's how bad Gobert was playing defense. And I'm just like, and this is like defensive player of the year. Like, come on, man. Like, I know he's a rim protector, but like, come on. What do you think about that? Uh, Jokic just kind of abuses Gobert. Jokic is just impossible to guard um, for any center. Really, the effect that comes from Gobert is that a lot of players and teams are just afraid to go in the paint when he's in. Um, See, that's what I thought, too. But they played the Pelicans last night, and Zion, who can only score in the paint, had like 30 points. So I don't don't get it. Um, I mean, it it helps a little bit with Steven Adams is a really tough guy to help box out. Um, Adams is one of the best boxers and one of the best screeners in the NBA, making it really tough on Gobert to contest shots or for Gobert to get to the spots he wants to get to help contest the rebound. That's really Steven Adams' like big intangible game. And um, I don't know, just Gobert, Gobert's effect is really hard to see at times, um, but he's a really good like team defender. Uh, there are a lot of times where teams will just be timid to attack the paint because Gobert is there. Um, and he really makes shots difficult, even if he doesn't block shots or if he's not like super near a shot, the threat of Gobert being there can like cause people to miss shots. It happened with earlier this season when Shago Alexander shot a um, a game winning attempt against him. And he just barely missed. Uh, Gobert didn't get a hand on the ball, but Gobert's arm was outstretched, and he made it so difficult for Shea to even get that layup up. If it had fallen, it would have been incredible. It didn't fall. He's he just really is good at affecting the game without like affecting the game. You know. He has, like, an effect without it being a visual thing all the time. I don't know, man. I feel like it's like Patrick Beverly. You know how Russell Westbrook says they're tricking you? (laughs) I don't know. I do. I completely see what you're saying, but I don't know, man. It's just tough that, like, people will say, like, Gobert is, like, pretty average on offense, and people are like, oh, but, you know, he plays defense. And then I watch Jokic drop, like, 30 on him, and I'm just like, (laughs) it's just, I don't know, man. It's tough to mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just salty because he got all NBA last year over NBA, which I think is still bullshit. But um, yeah, that's fair. <sighs> Anyways, so my last pick, because like I said, Donovan Mitchell deserves to be on there. I also had CJ because I do think he has been arguably better than Dame, and he's <clears throat> the, the West is very guard heavy, which I think we'll get to in our snubs list because I have four guards as snubs and only one like other position player. Mm-hmm. So. I did do a replacement for CJ, and it's not someone that you named, but I think it's someone who deserves it because their team's currently in the playoffs, and they're having th- this guy who is normally the worst, arguably the worst three-point shooter in the NBA, DeMar DeRozan. That is who I, I have as my last spot. I, I think DeRozan's a good good spot. Um, yeah, they've been good. DeRozan's been really good so far this season. I don't mind that. He's shooting that's good. 30. All right, he's a career 28% shooter from three. And the last two seasons, he shot 16% and 25%. And he's now shooting 35%. And the, the big thing that's crazy, too, is that he that was on like less than a half attempt per game. And this year, he's almost up to two and a half attempts per game. So it's just pretty cool that he, you know, a borderline all star player added like a three point shot out of nowhere to his game. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's cool for and, him. Um, and the Spurs are playing way above expectations right now. Like they've played the, they've had a really tough schedule too. Like they've played the Lakers twice already. Like, and they both times they lost, but they were a very competitive games. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the I think some of the other guys, and we'll talk about them, have been pretty good. But they're either on teams that have like bad records, or I just think that I don't know. 
not as good. Yeah. Um, if I were to do an injury replacement for McCollum, I'd probably move Mitchell up, and I'd probably slot in Zion, maybe. Um, Zion's been uh, really we'll good. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, one thing I want to talk about is your boy, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I know all your Thunder fandom who's listening right now is going to be a little upset that he wasn't included. But I tend yeah. to agree with you. I think he's been good, but just not as good as the other guys. You know what I mean? Like It's he the has... same thing we were talking about in the East where he's been really good. Um, obviously my favorite player. Uh, I want to see him succeed. I believe he can make that all-star push this season. He just hasn't built, played up to um, the level of some of these other guys, um, especially with the guard spot being so tough. The player he's going to have to beat out, I think, in the end is Donovan Mitchell. And with how good the Jazz have been, Donovan Mitchell just has to make it over him. Um, I mean, he could take a guard spot from like a CJ McCollum maybe, but... Uh, I mean, there are a couple to... other guards too, though, which I think we'll talk about, which I think are also having really good years, but they've had some bad games also, so yeah. that's kind of holding them back. So yeah, I mean, you also have guys like Zion who could take a spot. Um, we can get some other guys. We could throw Devin Booker in there, who probably is going to step it up in the second half of the season. He's been really struggling to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll drop Shea's stats: twenty-one points per game, six point two assists, five point three rebounds. Uh, just under a steal, half a block, uh, 2.7 turnovers. Um, he's shooting 36.5% from three, which is really good. Um, and he's shooting 50.5% from the field. He's been super efficient. Uh, I just don't think that the Thunder are good enough right now. Um, as a fan of the Thunder, I don't think we're good enough right now to get him that all-star spot over a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Would you say was would be your injury replacement again for CJ? What would you say? I would say uh probably zion all right so then who else did you have on your snubs list because i had a couple i think we had talked about a couple of these but like my fi- i couldn't figure out a fifth one like i think my fifth one is a pretty shitty pick so i'm curious who you have um i ha- i did have gobert on there i think okay he could be i think i think i think I, would, be- I think I would take off my fifth guy and put on gobert because i originally had john wall on there because he's, he's not been doing that bad but, yeah the Rockets record is too bad they can't have two all-stars so yeah that's, i agree with you i'd probably put gobert so i have shea Zion, Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox, and Rudy Gobert is my next five. Um, someone else you could also throw on there is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, he hasn't he, played, man. That he's, played, well, that's what, four he's played four games? It's the same thing in the context of um, Kyrie Irving where he's been injured and then he's dealing with yeah, COVID but at least, now. At least Kyrie's played almost half the games. Towns has played four games. Well, that's only a couple. That's only a few less than Kyrie. Um just Tow- I mean, Towns' numbers look good, but obviously you can't give him that spot. I just threw him on there, the snubs list, because the same thing with Kyrie. I put Kyrie on there, even though I didn't think he had played enough games. Um, you could definitely throw De'Aaron Fox in there. I think Fox could be in that conversation. Um, he's been yeah, good. The, the, issue- the Kings are just kind of bad. The issue is the Kings are bad, and his numbers haven't been good enough to justify how bad the Kings have been to push him to that all-star spot, I think. Um He's yeah, shooting five percent better from three this year, which is pretty impressive for him. Another guy you could throw in there as a potential snub, you could put in um, a John Morant, who hasn't played enough games either. But he, when he does play, he has pretty good numbers. It just remains to be seen if he's able to stay healthy and if he's able to continue those numbers through a larger portion of games. So I think if I think if Morant plays enough games, he'll take that last guard spot that I originally gave, or that like last flex spot that I gave to DeRozan. I think Morant takes that. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be my pick if he plays enough games. Because I think he'll, I think he has, he'll put up better numbers than Shea and Fox and, and Wall. And then, um, I think Booker's just been kind of disappointed this year. Like not probably because of fault of his own, but I know he's playing Chris Paul now. So like the Suns themselves have been better as a team. But um, 
it's like I said, same thing with the <clears throat> the Hawks. There's only so many mouths to feed. So, I mean, I just think Devin Booker's been slightly worse this year than last year. Which I know a lot of Suns fans are gonna be like, "Oh, we're we're in the playoffs now, and now Devin Booker's not an All Star." But I mean, I don't know. He's like he doesn't put up peripheral stats really, and his defense is like average at best. So there's just I don't know. I can't put him on there over some other guys. Yeah, I think the Suns do deserve an All Star, but people they just haven't had. It's been like so much of a team effort so far for the Suns team that I don't think there's anyone who deserves a spot yet. Um, Booker's definitely on the come up. Uh, like, but, like Aiden and Bridges have been pretty. Like they have a lot of solid players. They don't have like damn. Like look at that guy's stats. Yeah. You know yeah. What I so mean? for example, this game against the Grizzlies they just had Bridges 17, Cam Johnson 10, Aiden 18. Booker 12, Chris Paul 16. It's like everyone's scoring like decently. And Devin Booker's just not been putting up Devin Booker stats up to this point. I predicted he'd be an all-NBA player this season. Um, it remains to be seen if he can step it up enough to make that okay, the case. Um, he's, averaging, I mean, he's averaging 22, but when he's averaged 26.6 exactly the past two seasons, it's a, clearly a step down. And I mean, he is sharing the ball more with like Chris Paul, but the issue is, especially the turnovers, he's averaging just like under the amount of assists he has in turnovers 4.3 to 3.9 um he's his numbers are just down across the board shooting percentages especially um his three-point percentage is down it's picking back up a little bit it's getting back to about where it was last season but um it's really just like his finishing his scoring around the rim um it just feels like he's not playing up to Devin Booker type levels, which I think is why it sours on me on making him yeah. an all-star so far. Uh, but he is one of my favorite players. I hope he steps it back up. Yeah. And then I'm looking at the standings right now. And it's just like, I know you're talking about how Zion would maybe be your second guy in, but it's just so hard to justify when the Pelicans are five and eight and they're 12th in the West, like giving them two all-stars when, yeah, the, when the jazz barely got one and we would have none on the sun. So I think you would have to have Booker above Zion. Cause I don't think you can get the Pelicans two all-stars when they're five and eight. But um, I'm looking at the West, so let's see. I'm mean, looking at the standings. I'm trying to think. So I think we mentioned at least one player in every team. So I'm trying to see if there's a team that we just gave no mention to. But I don't think we did. I think every team either had an all-star or they had a snub. Like, no one had nothing going on. According mm, to what I'm which at. is usually the case. Because Pistons, we had Jeremy Grant. Bulls, we talked about Levine. Heat, we talked about Bam. Raptors, we got Siakam and Lowry. Wizards, Beal, Westbrook. Hornets, we got Hayward. Magic. All right, here's I guess for the Cavs we said Drummond, right? I yeah I, I imagine Drummond. Drummond's played kind of like an All Star. Yeah, and I mean Colin Sexton's put up pretty good numbers, but it's just the same kind of thing when you have Kyrie and Harden in the in the East now. Like a guy like Colin Sexton can't make. Oh yeah, no, game. no, yeah, no. I mean Sexton is averaging 25 a game. Like that's pretty. I mean I'd have him there above Trey Young right now. Would you? As averaging uh, 25. He's averaging 25 uh, a game. Sexton's missed a lot of time. He's, he's shooting 52 percent from three. He's missed a lot of time. I would have him there over Trey Young, personally. But all right, um, I think that about wraps it up, though. Who's um, I think we talked about this mostly, but I do think that the guys that like aren't in the conversation right now who are going to push their way in there for the West, I think it'll end up being Booker and Morant. And then I think unless the Pelicans step it up, I think it'll be between whoever's playing better for Zion and Ingram for that spot. Like, I don't think they both make it if they're an under 500 team, especially when they're not in the top eight. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I think that's how the West is going to look out. And then the East, I think, 
I think Middleton will somehow find his way in there. I just it's really hard to kick someone out. But I mean, Brogdon could fall off, and maybe they won't. If like the Magic drop off, and Vucevic falls out of there. I mean, they they... could very well just give that that center spot to um, Vucevic, but like, or to Sabonis, but like, I don't know, man. I I like getting two like traditional centers in there, but that's fair. But the way the NBA does it is, it just has to be front court members. It doesn't have to be any like you could have three small forwards theoretically, but um, that's just kind of the way they do it. Um, yeah, I think the, the Sixers. West. The Sixers are only gonna have Embiid too. I don't think there's gonna yeah. be anything else for their going. West, I'm hopeful that SGA can make that push, but I know it is tough in the West. There's a lot of good players, um, and we have a really tough schedule coming up. So I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. Yeah, I was to say you guys are hanging around that eight seed, but like you said, you're showing me like this death schedule you have coming up, and I just don't think that. Yeah, like, that's gonna be I think there'll be a lot. There'll be a lot of blowouts, and mm-hmm. SGA just has not been aggressive enough to where he can like put up a bunch of like not necessarily empty stats, but you know what I mean. Like he's like you lose by 20, but SGA shot 25 times. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, like, it's not really going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all right. We'll see. We'll see what he does. But um, I think that about wraps it up. Is there uh, anything else you want to say about any of these guys? Anything at all? I don't think so. I feel like we did a good job covering each team a little bit. Um, It was good to do this all-star thing because it gave us a chance to talk about each team. Um, without having to go in super in depth with them and just really focus on who's been good for them so far. So I think that's about all I wanted to talk about. I don't think I have any other players I want to talk about. Yeah, I don't think so. Aren't you uh, pretty close to 2K on YouTube? Uh, I am. I think I'm, I think I'm at 1.95K. So I'd like 1,950 or so. The 50 followers um, away? Yep. So go sub to Cone on YouTube if you're not. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you already are. But if you're not, for some odd reason, make sure you do that. Because Connor posts a video almost every day. So Especially right now, he's in lockdown for a few more days. So it'll give him something to smile about if you give him a nice comment. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm trying to hit 2,000 subscribers before I'm out of quarantine. We'll see. And I'm trying to hit 20K on Twitter before quarantine. So we'll see yeah. We'll see who gets it first. You probably will get it first because I'm still 150 away. But Yeah. I only need, I'm actually at 1960, so I'm only 40. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, boys and girls and whoever the heck's watching, I just voice cracked. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm asymptomatic for COVID, you know. Voice cracks can happen. So, mm-hmm. all right. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, sorry it's been so long since we recorded. Um, it's a lot of shit going on, I guess. But uh, Connor's been busy on YouTube, so it's not like you haven't been hearing from us. And, you know, I tweet nonstop, so... Make mm-hmm. sure you guys stick with us, and if you want more episodes, you know, just let us know. But uh, thank you for listening, and if you made it this far, uh, Connor, you give a word for them to comment if they made it to this oh, point. Oh, man, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, drop a – give us a Lou Dort in the comments. I'm pretty sure we've definitely done Lou Dort before, but we can we've do it de- We've definitely done Lou Dort, but that's okay. We're going to do it again. All right. You can either leave a Lou Dort or you can leave a Shake Milton in the comments. One of the two. You got to do Lou Dort or Shake Milton. Yeah, we'll choose your side. Two. Choose your side. Are you Team Lou Dort or are you Team Shake Millen? So you, you have one choice. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and uh, hope to see you guys soon. And we'll see you on the timeline. Take care. Yeah, see you guys.